2: Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa,
4: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano and Graham Barfield. And uh, the frenzy has sort of sort of petered out now, huh?
5: Well, see, if you're a Cowboys fan, it's just starting because all the big (laughs) name guys that made all the money, you know, they're gone. But now, you know, we get Randall Cobb and there's been rumors about Eric Berry and there's a potential trade with Robert Quinn. So. Uh, but yeah, most of the big names have already landed on their new teams, and there's a lot of fantasy implications to discuss.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get to some of that. Uh, we'll talk about some of the winners and losers. Uh, Fabs wrote a column about it. You're actually writing another one too with some of the veteran winners and losers. Yes, sir. And didn't.
5: I still have to add to the other one because there's still players signing with new teams. So
4: uh, so we'll talk some winners and losers. We'll also talk some golden moments from the uh, 2018 fan. I almost said 2014. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. uh, you know I you know I know why actually. It's because I've been working on a project uh, where I look back at some of the past drafts from five years ago and from 10 years ago. So I was looking at the 2014 draft. I spent a lot nice. of time looking at that. So I think that's... I was worried about you that
3: mind. you had fallen down some sort of time warp <laughs> and I was going to have to help you out out of it. Um, I'm glad that's not the case.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, I was looking back at the 2014 and the, the 2009 draft. Uh, spoiler alert, the 2009 draft, not good. <laughs> the first round was not good. Not good at all. 2014 was definitely a little bit better. Uh, but before we get too far into this, we'll go behind the glass as we always do and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L murphy esquire murph what's up
6: guys i had my first like little fantasy like 2019 tinge they're like oh i wanted to come back because now with march madness happening the brackets right. and then you're like oh you're filling those out which teams are going to win and then all like all the free agencies happening where the guys are actually picking teams now so i'm like Oh, I kind of wanted to start up. I kind of wanted to start doing my my pre-draft ranks and like who, which guys am I targeting? Like it finally happened. So it's what is it, March twentieth? So yep. are you I'm, trying to tell me that you were not doing that like January eighteenth? I think the first no? it was the first overwhelming experience <laughs> I, where I'm like, I think we were just in like postseason effect where it's like, all right, Super Bowl's over, we have like a a, a quick breather, and then starting March twentieth, like nope, like right back into okay. it. Like let's 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 get it again.
4: Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's I think that. With, with guys changing teams with the draft coming, I think you kind of get that itch a little bit. you do. Uh, I'm still Always. not I'm still not signing up for any
3: best ball leagues yet. Yeah Well, I'm <laughs> doing it yet. just because I I have to for my own personal sanity. <laughs> I don't want to be a full <laughs> Well d- you didn't you didn't
5: <laughs> get into an AAF league which I, uh, which I am in and I'm doing a fantasy basketball league. I'm in the playoffs now. I've got a baseball draft next week. So I kind of span out a little bit from football. Yeah. Okay, to so I keep wait, myself sane. Real talk. So you have a baseball draft next week. Like they yeah. played actual games? I know like, we're just going to
4: retroactively. Don't under, I still use don't those understand. Steps. Why
3: did they play in Tokyo? When did this come about? It's I was
4: blown the away. The last yeah, few like, years they've been doing this this uh, Tokyo series. It's you know the Mariners obviously won because Seattle is, is close to to Japan geographically speaking, and they have a lot of I know Japanese fans plus Ichiro. Uh, mm-hmm. On top of that, but it was weird. I I, I it, it just slipped my up, mind. Though. I know. I woke up this morning and I checked Twitter and I see you know something about the Mariners are going to go one sixty two and O. And I'm like, wait, they played live games?
5: Yeah,
3: for
4: real, for real. So yeah,
3: yeah. It, well, blo- it blew me away seeing an actual like I follow like lineups for um, MLB anyway on Twitter and I was like, why the hell are the A's <laughs> posting a lineup right now? Is this is this real? <laughs> anyway,
5: so yeah, they, I can't do it like this past week and this week it's just too much insanity with work right so we typically do it like last minute and uh it got a lot of good dudes in like tristan cockcroft mike clay from espn is in it Derek pearson's in it anita marks a bunch of espn folks and uh some friends of mine in the industry so it should be fun there you go and i'll get to draft a bunch of yankees hopefully uh i think you know but you have like new york people too in that league so maybe not i know
4: (laughs) (laughs) anyway we got plenty to talk about in the meantime let's do some news
1: through the
4: news well the biggest news of the past week it's one we've been waiting for for a little while the nfl has handed down its suspension of kareem hunt uh we know that it is eight games so he will miss the first eight games of the Browns' season then he'll come back and we await to see what his role is but now that we know the number fabs where would you draft kareem hunt this year
5: so um i'm updating my top 200 in my rankings daily and right now in a 10 team league I have Kareem Hunt coming off the board somewhere between rounds 9 and 10. Okay. And I think that's where he's going to end up going because people love name value and the problem here is that you're you're basically just drafting for name mm-hmm. because Nick Chubb, let's hope, uh comes out and puts up monster numbers like he did in his rookie campaign. And then in that case, when Hunt is able to come back after we would assume nine weeks because you would think the Browns' bye week will be somewhere. Somewhere in there, in the probably. First, that you have a committee situation at best. So it's still a difficult situation to sort of navigate because Kareem Hunt, by himself in Kansas City, an elite fantasy running back, and some would say far more versatile than, than Chubb because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But Nick Chubb has also shown that he can be a featured back there are going to be some Duke Johnson moments there uh, as a pass catcher until Hunt comes back. But because of his name value, I say he's still going to end up getting drafted in the top 100.
3: If that's the price, I'm out. I'll have no interest in mm-hmm. sitting on Kareem Hunt for nine games on the here, roster here, in okay, the round.
5: Here, here's another scenario, though. If you draft Nick Chubb, say, in the second or third round, and I don't know that he'd fall to the third round, uh, don't you think people who have him would be looking to over draft to make sure they guarantee getting both
3: backs in cleveland in theory sure but i never ever think that way Mm -hmm. i would much rather use my ninth or tenth round pick on someone who i feel like can actually help my team for the first eight to ten weeks like a receiver like a tight end or an actual running back Mm -hmm. um yeah i I don't know man so it's such an interesting situation because they could lose duke johnson too
4: so where graham where would knowing you had to sit on him and, and have him hold a roster spot for say nine weeks where would you feel comfortable drafting him then
3: Maybe the thirteenth or fourteenth round, but okay. he. Pro- it sounds like yeah, he'll be gone. He'll, he'll be gone, gone by, by then, and I. He probably won't be in any of my. Teams Just to
5: give that. you an idea of some of the players I have around him in my top two hundred, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, forget about the quarterbacks because quarterbacks you can wait until after the tenth round. Dante Pettis, Chris Thompson, Austin Eckler, those are all in that same mix with Kareem Hunt. I mean, Austin Eckler's a guy that you could potentially be flexing. Uh, on a regular basis with the chargers considering his ridiculous stats when he actually gets opportunities there for LA. But, uh, hunt's going to, I would say he's going to be off the board by round 10.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree. I just think, I think that's probably fair. I think the name value, I think the fact that he's walking into an offense that suddenly has a lot more juice than it has in the past, uh, is going to make him kind of a a more valuable guy. And maybe he does get overdrafted. I'm curious to see how many people who do draft him in the ninth or 10th round, still have him on their
3: roster that, in week nine. That's my thing is like, this always sounds like a good idea in theory. Then you get to week six and you're going through buys and you're trying to like find dudes to play with a freaking pulse <laughs> and you're sitting on Kareem hunt. It's like, yeah, I, yeah, I just never to, understand that.
5: This to me is why, and you can do it on NFL.com. You have those reserve spots for guys who end up on the injured list or end up being suspended. So
3: yeah, you don't eat freebie. up a roster. It's spot. a freebie. Of course, if sure. there's, if there's yep. an IR spot, yep. but yeah,
5: mm-hmm.
4: so, uh, FitzMagic has made it to Miami. Of course. Uh, Ryan, of course. Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, because I always joke that the NFL bylaws say he has to start at least a couple of games every single season. Uh, he'll be doing that in Miami as a member of the Dolphins. It actually means there are two Fitzpatricks now. They have Minka Fitzpatrick and now they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I don't think either one of those will be drafted in many fantasy leagues this year, but... Graham, I mean, we, we've talked about this whole Never Dolphins thing and, and how there's really nobody there. Uh, like I said, I don't think anyone's going to draft Ryan Fitzpatrick, but does it do something for guys like, say, Albert Wilson or Devontae Parker or Kenny Stills? Does that mean anything for you having him there?
3: It does give me a little bit more interest in Stills, I think, late, mm-hmm. uh, just because Stills, we've seen him flash deep threat like yep. superior deep threat ability at certain times in his career, either in New Orleans and also in Miami. Ryan Fitzpatrick can actually throw deep. Um, but, I mean, it's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, like you you never know what you're going to get game to game, week to week with him. And, he, I mean, he'll make this offense more fun. I don't think he'll make it better over the long term, though.
5: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So I still think one of the, the, the most fun stats from last season is that if you put Winston and Fitzpatrick stats together.
3: They were the QB1, weren't they? I think they were two Something behind like Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. They would have been the QB1 over Mahomes, actually.
5: Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And you American. would have also you would have also thought that, okay, well, Fitzpatrick doesn't have a lot of weapons in Miami, but the Dolphins are also going to be throwing the ball a lot in the second half because you would think that team is going to be behind quite often. So... Fitzpatrick could end up being one of those garbage time heroes. Now he's not going to get drafted in most fantasy leagues, but it is ridiculous how death taxes and Ryan Fitzpatrick starting NFL Doing games you. are virtually guaranteed every single year.
3: And, and good on the Dolphins, too. Really quick before we move on, yeah. like Good on the Dolphins for tanking the right way. Mm-hmm. Find find a quarterback who's fun. You'll win like five, or, <laughs> you'll like win four or five games, and you might have a chance to draft two next year.
4: Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, and I think I think that's the one thing that we have to look at from our you know we're looking at this from you know how productive guys are going to be but looking at this holistically from a football perspective like this team is going to be bad with a purpose you know they they are trying hopefully for bigger and better things and so you know this year uh fantasy wise are not going to be interesting with the idea that hopefully in a couple years maybe we're talking about that but does
5: does flores actually utilize Kenyon drake as a featured backer do we see a committee with Kalen Balaj? Because that's where most of the value on this team is going to be from a fantasy I perspective.
3: I think you mentioned it; they're going to trail a ton, and whomever is on the field on those passing downs is going to be. And you fantasy would think back. Drake. You I would think it'd be Drake. Yeah, I think it'd be Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. God help me though. Miami's going to have like over a hundred million dollars in cash in 2020, and they're actually kind of oh god. They're doing it right.
4: They're doing it right. They're doing it right. Look, you know, I, I was uh, reading a, a piece this morning, uh, and I, I apologize for not remember who wrote it, but it's on SB Nation about how, like, you never would have thought this, but the Browns are like the blueprint for how to do
3: things now in the NFL. Oh, <laughs> oh, I could go on a Sashi Brown rant. But we'll move
4: on. <laughs> um, Fab's mentioned it a little bit earlier, but uh, the Cowboys have signed
5: Randall Cobb. Woo! I like this move. I do too. I think it's a good move. It's, I mean, the dude can't stay healthy. He's got to stay on the field. It's funny too, because like when you when you think Randall Cobb, you think he's like 30, 31. The dude's like what, 26 years old? Yeah. I mean, he's a young guy, and he was an elite fantasy wide receiver for a very short time in Green Bay. So here are the pros. He goes to Dallas. We lost Cole Beasley. He's gonna slot in as our slot guy every single week, see some opportunities in the middle of the field. Here's the bad news. The Cowboys run the football through Ezekiel Elliott and you get a downgrade from Aaron Rodgers to Dak Prescott. So for me, Randall Cobb is also considering his lack of durability is more of a late round pick in most fantasy leagues next season.
3: I have rightfully blasted Dallas when necessary, but God help me again. Like they, this is probably one of my favorite signings of this offseason, at least for a fantasy. for like, Five million bucks, five million dollars. Right? And all of most yep. of that is laden. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there is literally no risk in this deal. And if Cobb can stay on the field and get healthy for one year, it this is, this is pretty huge for them. Yeah. Um, I will say in terms of efficiency, Cobb's yards per route run with Aaron Rodgers of the last three years has not been good, but like you mentioned, Fabs, he just hasn't been healthy. Um, right. That's his problem. And if he can get healthy and, and be right and play 65, 70% of the snaps, he's definitely an impact player for Dallas. So
5: now you've got, of course. Amari Cooper. They still overpaid for Cooper. You've and got, I still right, that. You've deal. got
3: Gallup. This is making sense. <laughs> you've got Cobb. It's making sense.
5: You've got Jason Witten. He's
3: back. Well, okay. Okay. I got to say. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm the only one who likes that
5: because I love Jason Witten. But hey, Dak Prescott's got some uh, improved weapons. And if the Cowboys can make a couple of other moves on the defense side of the football.
3: It's a fun trio, man. Like look Gall- out. Gallup's a good little two. Cooper, yeah. Cooper's inconsistent but explosive. Mm-hmm. And if Cobb's healthy, he's a consistent player. Cobb just needs player. to stay healthy, dude. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I, I just wonder how much juice he has left after all these injuries yep. he's gone through. Yeah. It'll Boulder, be interesting. Hammy, everything.
4: I just, you know, from the moment I saw that that the two sides were talking, I, I thought, man, this is, I like this move. It's I a good think, fit. I think this is a good fit. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. But I think
3: it gives Cobb at least some, some value as a late round flyer. I think a lot of people will, will take a shot at it. It's a sharp move too, because <laughs> the Giants, sorry, Eddie, the Giants just dumped twenty two million dollars guaranteed on thirty one year old Golden Tate, mm-hmm. and Yeesh. the Cowboys just got. Randall Cobb with an injury history who's about to be 29 this year for $5 million. Virtually zero guaranteed money.
5: He's 29. Okay.
4: So he's 28. Dude, he's
3: 29. He's been in the league for like 15 years. Yeah,
5: yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Raiders, I mean, we know they went out and got Antonio Brown last week. What sort of flew maybe a little more under the radar was that they added Tyrell Williams. They cut Jordy Nelson. So everything about this offense says... It should be more vertical, right? You've got two speedy guys on the outside who can get downfield, who can make big plays in the passing game. Fabs, they don't, they don't have a quarterback who, at least to this point in his career, has shown that he wants to be a vertical passer. Right? I don't know. I mean. One, does, does this change your outlook on Derek Carr? Or does this mean Derek Carr might
5: not be with the Raiders? Oh, the geez. I don't want to go down there, Robert. I don't <laughs> know about that. But, I mean, it helps them because you get that vertical threat. But as Graham educated us all with a column last week, he said that, you know, Derek Carr has never been above average in terms of his yards per pass attempt. So we know that this is not a guy who goes vertical very often. With that being said, Tyrell Williams is going to be drafted late. Why? Well, because he's got a lot of protection in Antonio Brown on the other side of the field. So you're looking at a player who I think will be better in best ball leagues because Mm -hmm. he could potentially go out there and give you four catches for 115 yards and a touchdown, and then two weeks later give you nothing. So I like him more in best ball leagues, but I think this is a good move for his value. It's also a good move for Mike Williams – In L.A. because giddy up. Now you're expecting him to see some more opportunities. And this is a guy who scored 10 touchdowns for the Chargers last season.
3: Yeah, that's a great point on Mike Williams, right? Like we never should expect his touchdown rate to repeat. He scored 10 touchdowns on 66 targets last year. That's Mm -hmm. never going to happen again. But now with Tyra Williams out of the fold, it does open up that opportunity and kind of will buoy some of that regression floor. I'm with you on Tyrell Williams too. Like he's gonna be one of my main targets in best ball leagues for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna have those games where he has two catches for ninety yards and a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then yep. the next week he'll catch one ball for five
4: yards. Right. Yep. I mean he's sort of he falls to me in sort of that Deshaun Jackson category yes. of like guys who like, you know, one week they may just explode, uh,
3: and the next week they, they may give you next to nothing. And if Oakland does use those three first round picks and find a way to get Kyler Murray there you go.
5: Oh, man. There Imagine that. Is. Imagine that. Like, but here's the thing. With the Cardinals, I, I, so everybody's talking about how Kingsbury is just in love with Kyler.
3: They're right? driving up that price, baby.
5: I, I You know, and something's got to happen with Rosen, too. I mean, they, they can't go into the season with two if they're going to draft Kyler. And, yeah, that could potentially be it. You know, that they're just trying to build up the value of Murray and make teams come out and spend even more. But that's going to be really interesting. Boy,
4: really. Raiders are really
3: one of only a couple teams that could do it. They could actually do it. I think the Giants could maybe find a way now. But yeah,
4: I mean, you know, there was certainly talk that Josh Rosen could be the guy who takes over for Eli in a couple of years. And I don't I don't hate that idea. Uh, We'll just see if they can figure out a way to make it happen uh, and swing a deal with the Cardinals. Uh, The Jaguars add Chris Conley to their receiving core. Uh, I don't know, Graham. This Snoozer. just seems—they they have a collection of like guys who are number two wide receivers at best, and
3: I feel like they've just kind of added to that. Group. The Jags have been doing this for years, man. Like even when A. Rob was there, they'll just kind of recycle some of these free agent guys and just hope one of them pops. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. you think? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of how I felt, man. I, I mean, think the,
5: the big winner in Jacksonville is Leonard Fournette because of the addition of Nick Foles. And a quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over nearly as much as Blake Bortles did. And if Fournette could be durable and, you know, as I've said before, you know, keep his head out of his rear end, Mm -hmm. this is a dude who could end up being a top 10 running back in fantasy leagues next season. He really could be.
4: Yeah. uh, I mean, just... (sighs) I just feel like it's going to be another year where we're going to go into this this season like last year i mean, we're all the jags beats beat writers saying that hey you know one of these guys is going to be the guy and is going to break out
3: it's just that none of them could agree yeah. on which one it was well I, I mean if you go back and look like dd westbrook sneakishly had a good year that'd dante, be the
5: guy i target
3: yeah dante moncrief wasn't terrible I and mean, he, right. he got a two-year deal with pittsburgh from his year There was enough in jacksonville to like for him to warrant getting a two-year deal with pittsburgh so um, I'm kind of excited for the Jags' offense in 2019 with Foles. I'm ju- I-, I think if anything it's just a change from Bortles, and we all needed it.
4: Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, uh, you know, I-, I didn't have it in our rundown, but Blake Bortles, It'll Los be- Angeles, yeah. he's here in LA. Yeah. One-year deal uh, to back up Jared Goff. Uh, you know he's gonna that's, end up
5: making a starter too. That's him. that's kind of all. That's kind of all I have to say about that. Oh um, man, that's like the Rams fans' worst nightmare that man. Blake Bortles ends up the, starting games.
3: The Rams, for what it's worth, and this is totally off topic and doesn't matter. But the Rams only are paying Blake Bortles $1 dollars, million. one the million dollars. $1 yeah. The Jags, uh, the Jags are on the hook for I think six or which,
4: seven. Which means game. he can you know rent a one bedroom apartment in Santa Monica. There you Bortles. go. Exactly. <laughs> so there you yeah. go. Uh. Tyler Eifert is back with the Cincinnati Bengals. He gets a one-year deal. Um, I mean, I feel like, Fabs, it's just as simple as saying he just has to stay healthy. I mean, that's, that's, the, problem. that's all there
5: is. And last year, I felt so bad for him, dude, with that injury, man. Uh, that was that was just awful. But he, at one point, was maybe not an elite fantasy tight end, but he was, he was darn close, scoring double-digit touchdowns. But now, more of a late-run flyer at a position that we know was very difficult to fill last season. But if you look now... With you know, Noah Fan coming in, we've got some good young tight ends in the draft. This position could start of sort of be at the start of building up a little more I depth. Agree. I agree, uh, with for, from a fantasy standpoint.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so I uh, will we'll see what happens there. Uh, Adrian Peterson stays with Washington, uh, signs what two year deal to sticker, which two-year deal seems I mean kind of surprising yeah. it's a
3: one-year deal with yeah. the second
4: year. all these deals
5: I will tell you this though I talked to Darius guys about this and he couldn't be more excited like him and Peterson have really gained a very good rapport and, and they're friends now because mm-hmm. they've been working together in the offseason and you know Peterson who knows better how to come back from a, a serious knee injury than 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 right. AD
3: so and not to mention he's literally the Maybe the best pure runner we've seen in fifteen twenty years. That doesn't dude's have, doesn't a hall stop. of famer. So right. He's a hall
5: of famer. So I don't know that it puts a major dent in Darius's value because the Redskins were never going to go into the season with only him because he's coming off of such a serious right. knee injury, and of course he had some of the complications after the procedures and stuff. So Darius is still the Redskins running back to draft, and you would also have to expect when you look at the Redskins' offensive roster. They're going to run the ball a lot, man. I mean, their number one wide receiver right now is Josh Doxson. And they've got Richardson and, and Trey Quinn. You know, Jordan Reed, who the heck knows with him. They are going to run the ball a lot mm. this
3: season. Yeah, Jay Gruden uh, last year was, I think, the second or third most run-heavy coach on first and 10. And I would imagine that's going to happen yes. again. Yes, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with this uh, current climate they have.
4: Hmm. Well, uh, I don't imagine... People are going to be clamoring to draft Peterson, except maybe late, late. I would think that's kind of it. Um, but we'll see how that how that works out there. Uh, finally, Cordero Patterson is joining the Bears after spending the season with the Patriots. I can't imagine, Graham, he's got a lot of actual draft value. He just seems to be, you know, he's kind of resurrected himself as a kick returner, obviously. And he was a nice sort of gadget guy for the Patriots. I just don't think that has enough value to to warrant spending a draft pick on him this year.
3: Yeah, Matt Nagy will run him out there for four or five snaps. He'll do some crazy, you know, motion and jet sweep stuff with him. And that'll be it. You know we yeah. can kind of we can kind of get our quarter patterson uh filled out do
5: you one. remember do you remember back a few seasons ago when he was like the hot name in fantasy football he was actually getting commercials oh i do man I and remember, what a
4: disappointment I just he remember, was uh, you know norv turner said oh I'm, I'm drawing up plays for him we've got like 15 yep. plays for yeah. him that and was
3: that was easily i think one of the most profitable fades i've ever had in fantasy
4: and i just remember that first week i think he took an end around to the house yes like 40 yeah. or 50 yards he had like 18 points and everyone was <laughs> like Yo! here we go Patterson! here we go uh, and that was kind of the last we heard from him that yeah. year. So, uh, so anyway, we'll see what happens with him uh, in Chicago. I don't imagine people will be uh, fighting to get them to get him on their rosters, at least not early in the season. And that is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> that was the news. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free, while other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus... There is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements, So you. You never miss the right moment to invest. Robin Hood is giving listeners of NFL Fantasy Live a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at NFLLive.RobinHood.com. All right. So now that we have gone through the first real wave of free agency, there are still some guys who will kind of be signing uh, as we move along. But obviously, most of the the big ones are done at this point. Uh, Fabs, you wrote a piece about some of your winners and losers. People can find that NFL.com slash Fabiano yep, uh, if they I'm want still to. Still adding it. to it. Yep. So I pulled out some of the guys from your list. I also added a couple guys of my own to kind of get mm-hmm. you guys' takes on on how you feel they came out in this. Uh, and I know you said you're writing a, a piece about guys who stayed in place who may be your winners and yep. losers. So, so a couple of my names may actually be on your list. We'll see. Yep. Um, but first, Joe Flacco to Denver. He goes to the Broncos, gets traded from the Baltimore Ravens. You had him as a push
5: fab. So I guess what, the wide receiver core kind of, talent-wise sort of remains the same, I would think, right? I mean, I I like Sutton's upside. We don't know what's going on with Emmanuel Sanders coming off of the injury. Uh, I I like Hamilton there as well. But, I mean, Joe Flacco has rarely been fantasy-relevant during his career. I mean, this is a guy that's had, what, maybe one 4,000-yard season. How many seasons has he had with 20 or more touchdowns? Not too many. And... This is going to be an offense that's not going to allow him to put up monster numbers. Yes, he's going to have some good games from time to time. He's a guy who likes to throw the ball deep, which is why John Brown was so good in the first half of last season before Lamar Jackson took over in Baltimore. But I don't see Flacco or Case Keenum, for that matter, being draftable assets in in fantasy leagues. I just don't. So uh, and I don't know that the addition of Flacco improves or hurts the value of any of Denver's wide receivers either. Does it? Do
4: anything for the running backs, Graham. I mean, does it does it change anything for guys like Philip Lindsay or, uh, or any of those guys back there?
3: Yeah, I mean, if we've seen anything from Flacco over the past couple years, um, it's that he won't push the ball past the sticks. His average depth of target is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is a fantastic thing for Philip Lindsay in terms of his pass catching ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll be able to s- we'll see Lindsay repeat his efficiency on the ground. Um, but at this point in his career, Joe Flacco is best suited just chucking the ball deep and then throwing it and checking it down to his running yeah. back. And that's mm-hmm. very, very good news for Philip Lindsay.
4: All right. Um, Tevin Coleman to San Francisco. Again, Fabs, you had him as a push there. I just, I looked at it and I just don't know how this backfield organizes itself now I mean with Coleman there with right. McKinnon coming back they learned you know that they've got something good with Matt Breida last year I mean even Jeff Wilson gave them a
5: couple of nice I know. games late in the season I have no idea how but this see, is going to work out that's why it's a push because Coleman had his best fantasy season in Atlanta under Kyle Shanahan when he was the OC we saw last season that basically you put a Niners back in a featured role and they're going to produce uh, Jarek McKinnon is there, though, and he's coming off of a, of a knee injury. You've got Breeda, as you mentioned. Uh, I believe they, they retained Raheem Mostert, too. So there's a lot of depth there in the backfield, and that's where I'm a little bit hesitant with Coleman because we don't know whether or not he would be a featured back. And I don't know that Tevin Coleman could be a featured back in the National Football League. I, I, if you if you remember last season when Freeman went out, he had a share of good games, but boy, he had some stinkers down the stretch, and we were talking about Ito Smith in that backfield as well. So... Coleman to me is a risk reward flex starter option and that's it because he's not going to be featured McKinnon's going to get his and unless the Niners decide to cut ties with him Coleman is going to be one of those risk reward players who
4: Graham of those of those guys Mm. let's just say McKinnon and and Coleman let's just limit it to those two who
3: who would you take first and about where would you take them i would take Coleman first coming off with McKinnon coming off the, uh, the ACL tear to that point too um it's March 20th so the Niners still have a few days to decide, but if McKinnon is on the Niners roster by April one, his 2019 salary becomes fully guaranteed. He'll earn three and a half million dollars. He will be on the roster. So the Niners have a few days, uh, to decide on that. We could still see McKinnon get cut at this point. I think it seems unlikely. Um, but I think, I think it'll, I'll be in on Coleman. Um, I, I noted in my column, in my free agency fantasy column, um, As either the offense corner or head coach, Kyle Shanahan's running backs have finished top 12 in touches per game in five straight seasons, and they finished top 10 in yards from scrimmage in four straight seasons. Um, I know last year was a bit of a cluster, um, but if we can kind of get some sort of clarity here, like for sure, Coleman's 1A, McKinnon's 1B, some sort of clarity as we get closer to training camp, this is a backfield I'm going to be heavily invested in and just to kind of see how it plays out because every year... These backs produce and mm-hmm. just ho- you just kind of have to hope that you get lucky and you invest in the right situation. And one of them pops.
5: Yeah. I mean, Shanahan's had what Freeman was a top eight PPR back goes for a couple back. of seasons in Atlanta. Carlos Hyde. It goes back
3: was... to his time at the Texans. Literally. I mean, like mm-hmm. Steve Slayton was a was a fantasy. That Steve Steve wow. guy, <laughs> that guy was, a, that guy was <laughs> a
5: monster rookie fantasy stud. And then that was it. That was Man. all. I, uh, I hadn't heard that name in a long he would, time. What? Steve Slate in
3: 2008.
5: Um, <laughs> Eddie, where did he go to? West Virginia? Was he yes, West Virginia guy? he was a back? West Virginia
4: guy. Okay. He was a West Virginia guy. Um, Dante Moncrief goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Fabs, you had him as a winner. And you know what? So... Rich Rebar uh, from Roto World, who does a lot of really great, really smart stuff, uh, and I don't, I don't know that this was necessarily his original thought, but he has highlighted this on Twitter, going through a lot of these free agent signings and noting that a lot of times these are guys who really did well against the team that signed him, signed that person, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just kind of listing off some of these guys who got signed and like their stats against the team that that had signed them, and so you look at Dante Moncrief, um, he has in his career. Uh, 16 catches, 262 yards, and three touchdowns against the Steelers in five games. You beat that out. Um, those are the second most yards he has against any team in his career. The most yards he's had against the team, this is Jacksonville Jaguars, who just signed him last year to a free <laughs> agent contract. <laughs> so, yeah. so now he goes to Pittsburgh. But uh, you got him as a winner, Fabs. Any worry about how much he's going to eat with... Uh, with you know, James Washington there. Obviously, we know Juju's going to probably be the number one guy, but I would imagine there's going to be a battle between him and James Washington for that number two spot.
5: Right, but I mean, could he have gone to a better place? Like, for his for his potential fantasy value, right? You lose 168 targets from Antonio Brown going to Oakland, and you don't have a number two right now. So Moncrief, could, you could consider him potentially the favorite to be the number two wide receiver with Washington be th- being third. And what does Big Ben like to do? Likes to chuck it downfield. Really doesn't have that threat with Antonio Brown no longer on the roster anymore. Juju's clearly still there as well. But Moncrief goes to a spot where, I mean, listen, it's not like I have a lot of faith in him. He's going to be a late-round flyer. Right. But... This Pittsburgh is, was a good landing spot for him.
3: This is a sneaky, huge deal, I think, because it will allow Moncrief's addition, addition will allow Juju Smith-Schuster to stay in the slot more, mm-hmm. not full-time like he used to be, but more often. Uh, Dante Moncrief is prim- primarily a boundary receiver. Last year, he spent like over 90% of his routes on the boundary last season, so it's going to allow Juju to kind of flex in and out of the slot, play some more out wide. Um, they'll have a good rotation with James Washington and Moncrief, and I, I think it's a this is... This made a lot of sense, I think, from a lot of different perspectives. You know, one guy we have not talked about who I think low key is a winner, Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald. Yeah, dude.
0: Everybody
1: (laughs) Vance now. Vance, Vance, Vance. Actually, he is. He
5: is on the list of veteran winners that I'm currently trying to put together. Hey. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean Vance
4: McDonald. I mean, you <laughs> Jesse Jesse James is gone. Uh, you know, you talk about all the targets that open up with Antonio Brown being mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Uh Vance McDonald, very quietly, I think, uh, you know, becomes the guy that, that you might want to target. Like I know. Yeah, dude.
3: Fingers crossed, he's another guy who just has to stay healthy. That's yeah. The, that's a problem. I am been yep. been the the really the whole. sort of all in on this idea that
4: tight end gets a little bit deeper this year, right. than what we've seen the last no few doubt. years. As, yeah. lo- as long as guys stay healthy, the nation right. gets deeper this year.
5: Hunter Henry coming back, O.J. Howard, who I love. I love O.J. Howard coming into next season. Uh, You'll have Jack Doyle, hopefully, for a full campaign. You know, Fant coming out of college. You've got – you've got – well – I can't say Jason Witten's back. I guess. <laughs> yeah. The position is, I mean, has gotten a little bit deeper. It's crazy to think in a year
4: where you know we still don't know what what Gronk's going to do, uh, and even if Gronk yes. comes back, he still has he's not the guy that we're used to seeing. And mm-hmm. still, the position may end up getting deeper.
5: Yeah, and so. you know don't let's not forget about Evan Ingram. His value goes up with OBJ no longer with mm-hmm. the G-men. We don't know where Jared Cook is. Delaney Walker will be back. Yep. So it's not going to be as bad as it was last season, can it? I as bad because it was
4: man tough. it was pretty awful. Yeah. Um, so a guy that I, I was thinking about, Cam Newton, right? Um, the sure the Panthers they still have Christian McCaffrey and, and he's going to get a gazillion targets and he'll probably catch a hundred passes again this year, but. Where else are they going with the football? I mean, you know, Devin Funches, they let him walk out the door to Indianapolis. Um, you know, I know Greg Olson is, is coming back and hoping to be back. But, you know, he's had a couple of injury plague seasons. He's also just getting up there in age. Uh, Graham, it just feels like it feels like Cam sort of lost in this whole situation. Did he? I don't know. DJ Moore <laughs> and Curtis Samuel are pretty sick. I love DJ Moore. Yeah, they're pretty oh, sick. Oh, I love him. I don't know. I just feel like they haven't figured out exactly how to
3: deploy Curtis Samuel yet. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it's mainly just because there's been guys in front of him playing ahead of him, and then you could ask Ron Rivera that question, like, why aren't you playing Curtis Samuel? But every, like, the little bit that we have seen Curtis Samuel, he's been an explosive playmaker. DJ Moore seems like an explosive playmaker. The Panthers spent so many years, because of, sorry, Eddie. (laughs) Because of Dave Gettleman. (laughs) Cam Newton misses high all the time. What do we need? Let's get tall receivers. Let's get tall receivers who can't separate or run after the catch. (laughs) Then they go and get do the complete opposite, get D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel and Cam Newton for the first nine games last year is playing at an MVP level. Then he gets hurt. He gets hurt. Um, That's the biggest thing with Cam this year is we just have to hope and pray, fingers crossed, the next two years his shoulder stays intact. Yes. Because I think the Panthers are going to be pretty sick on offense.
5: So with that being said, Cam or
3: Baker in drafts? Oh, come on. Baker. You're making me choose Baker Mayfield with Odell freaking yeah. back. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just I'm, saying. Uh, no, it's a fun one because yeah, it has, is fun. Isn't it? Because, because Cam has had been such a rushing stud. Yeah. Last, except his except entire career last
5: year he didn't really run yeah. quite as much. I have Baker ranked higher, but I mean, like, think about that. Cam Newton's been one of the elite quarterbacks in fantasy football ever since he stepped onto an NFL gridiron.
3: He's been a top six lock, and now I think Baker has usurped him. He might have. I mean, Cam last year,
4: 488 rushing yards, which is the second lowest total of his career. Uh, So, you know, I I don't know if it's that all the the hits he's taken have started to add up, and maybe he's just not running as much. Um, I don't know. But if, if he is not running quite as much, then... Uh, that does sort of lower his, his yes, value a little does. bit. Yep. Uh, speaking of guys who can run and maybe also have some passing accuracy issues, Lamar Jackson. Um, Fabs, obviously a lot of us, you included, love Mark Ingram going there. Yep. Uh, and then, like, I was excited about it, and then I looked at that receiving core, and I'm like, <laughs> unless unless they're going to run, like, the single-wing offense— <laughs> I just I worry about who exactly Lamar Jackson's throwing the football to this year. I mean, I
5: don't know if it matters. <laughs> but how much they've been, they ran the ball what, almost 64% of the time once Jackson became the guy. Um, Bucky Brooks did a mock draft on uh, NFL.com and he has the Ravens taken DK Metcalf. Which would be a nice fit. They've lost 41% of their targets with the release of Crabtree and then John Brown going to Buffalo and, and Alex Collins being released as well. So there's a big void there. There's no question about that. And the Ravens can't stay that one dimensional because teams are just going to load the box on them every single week. But Ingram's a big ad for, for Jackson. And I think he's a player that doesn't necessarily need to be a star in terms of throwing the football to be a star from a fantasy perspective.
3: Baltimore finally did something different this offseason with their receiver core. Um, we've seen this kind of play out over the last couple of years where the Ravens will lose a bunch of targets and they'll have to just fill the void. In the past, what they did is basically just go get veteran receivers. They did Jeremy Macklin, Michael Crabtree, mm-hmm. John Brown, right? There's been a few more that they've added. This year, they're doing something different. I think we'll see a... In terms of talent and name value, we'll see a less talented depth chart, but they have to. They will absolutely have to. One of their first two picks will have to be a receiver. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they've got nothing. So right
4: now, the guys that are on their roster, signed on their roster, Jordan Lasley, yeah. uh, Jaleel, Sneed, Jaleel Scott, Willie Sneed, yeah. Chris Moore, uh-huh. uh, Quincy Adebayo, uh, uh, he's an exclusive rights-free
3: agent, so they can bring him back. Um, but right now... this. Not great. We were just talking about tight ends. I mean, Mark Andrews kind of sneakishly had a great rookie season, and there are a ton of targets available there as well. He's going to play every snap because Baltimore doesn't have receivers. Well. I mean, I kind of like Mark Andrews too. They've got they got Is Mark that, Andrews,
4: Nick creepy. Boyle, and Hayden Hurst. They've got three guys there who can catch the football. Which mm-hmm. I know I you know I was like spinning the roulette wheel of Ravens tight ends at some point last year, trying to figure out who would who would make plays. Um, Nick Boyle, who uh, also plays without gloves, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's the uh, he's the guy who's the grandson of Jack Nicholas, and then plays without gloves mm, out there. Okay, um, so I don't know. I, that doesn't get you any fantasy points, but it's just a little interesting. How are you catch the ball? (laughs) Just a little interesting tidbit, that's all. Uh, So there you go. Um, Again, Fabs is is writing up some winners and losers. You can go check them out at NFL.com slash Fabiano uh, and get his takes on uh, a a whole lot more guys than just the guys we talked about right now. Um, Before we get out of here, a special thing we're doing for the next couple of weeks: Golden Moments, presented by McDonald's. Introducing the Big Mac with bacon, cheesy bacon fries, and quarter pounder with bacon at participating cheesy McDonald's bacon for fry. a limited time <laughs> only. Is it the best thing that happened to McDonald's
5: classics or to bacon? Mm. Hey, <laughs> so, Marcus, we know how much you love bacon is meat candy. that meat candy. Bacon is meat cancer. Yes, be. sir. Yeah,
4: I mean it makes everything better. I mean, literally, I can't think of anything I would put bacon on that makes it worse. Like donuts, ice cream, chocolate, like burgers. Like literally, it makes everything better. Um, so we were looking back at golden moments from the twenty eighteen fantasy season, and you know, I forgot to. I don't know if you have one, Eddie. I forgot to include you in this, but if you have one, you know, feel free, to, feel free to feel free to jump in on it, uh, Graham. Start off, though, what was your, your golden moment from the 2018 fantasy season?
3: It has to be George Kittle's 210-yard bomb. He had in uh, week 14, week 15. I think it was week 14 to get a lot of the teams I had um, into the fantasy playoffs. Easily uh, easily <clears throat> capped off kind of a great season for Kittle. I had him on uh, pretty much all of my teams because he was the ninth, tenth-round pick. And he went nuts and led me to a bunch of fantasy playoff bursts because of that game. Oh, there you yeah. go. Uh, I'm
4: going to go a little bit earlier in the season. Um I I got I ended up in second place in the Fantasy Lively. Mark Istook, who put together a really good team, ended up winning it. But when he and I played each other for the first time I remember uh, in this. week four, it was also the same night as that epic Thursday night game between the Rams and the Vikings. Uh, and I had on my team Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen And they combined for almost one hundred and thirty points, which. Heck, you get 130 points from your whole squad on a week. That's a pretty good week. I got 130 <laughs> points from four guys. Ended up winning that one going away. That... Uh, that one was was a whole lot of fun, uh, Eddie. Do you have one?
6: Yeah, I uh, my fantasy quarterback this year in one of my leagues was uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he had two games with six touchdown passes, but I'll pick the second one versus the Rams here in L.A. I was at that game, so I watched him throw six touchdown passes in person. It's uh, almost fifty points in fantasy with all his. Pa- I think he had like four hundred seventy passing yards in that game, so that was uh, very fun to watch and to have on my own fantasy team.
2: There you
5: go. Uh, and Fabs, your your uh, closes up. Mine was so. You know, we do the NFL Celebrity League, and um, I was in the finals with Miz. We both went 12-1. and We both had sick teams, and I ended up beating him in the finals for the championship by less than three points, and if you remember, that was the game that Phillip Rivers scored 3.3 fantasy points against the Ravens, and... Mike was actually asking people on Twitter whether or not he should go with Rivers or not. And I don't remember who his backup was, mm. but I mean, he could have started anybody else <laughs> and he would have beat me and he didn't. And, uh, love when that happens, uh, Oh, I, <laughs> so, so I was, I was thrilled and it's always because we talk a lot of, you know, what between the two of us during the fantasy football season. So it was nice to give him a nice whooping. And he actually helped me win because he made a bad decision at the quarterback spot there with, uh, with Phillip Rivers, who was, I believe he was a sit him in my column against the Ravens that week, and Mike didn't listen. Wow. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, he, you know, he wanted to think he knew better than you, so. He always does. So he, he always wants to think that. He's got, we got to have him on at some point. Um, he, he's on the road right now traveling, so we couldn't get him on to talk Browns, but he he has Baker like in his top five. I mean, he, and he just came off of like doing that overall? league of leagues. Quarterbacks. Oh, okay. Like he is going to draft, I guarantee. Miz is going to draft Baker way too soon. (laughs) Like, there's no doubt about it. If you don't know Miz, he's a huge Cleveland Browns fan. He's all in on Baker. I would be curious to see what the
4: ADP for Baker Mayfield will be in Cleveland area leagues versus, you know, compared to the national.
5: Yeah, (laughs) I know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That
1: would be great. Cleveland
5: Cleveland Browns fans, 45th overall. (laughs) (laughs) Rest of the world. You know.
4: 89. Right. You know, I just I'm curious to see how many how many Cleveland area drafts Baker comes off the board in like the second round or something like that because they're just so fired up. Yep, that'll be fun. All right. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening as always. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, you can't have everything in the world because where would you put it? See you next week.